Hello and welcome to the Highly Sensitive Soul Podcast. My name is Lisa Matthews, and together we'll explore both the gifts and the challenges of being highly sensitive so that you can bring your unique magic out into the world. You're listening to episode 10, and today we're going to be diving into a little bit of a different topic, something that isn't really talked about in polite company, whatever that is, though I love seeing this start to change, as talking about our menstrual cycles is still pretty taboo, but becoming a little bit more more out into the light. And I think this is incredibly important because as a highly sensitive person, it wasn't until I started tracking my cycle that I realized how much my sensitivity actually changes over the month. It wasn't until I started reclaiming the wisdom, the creativity, and the healing of my cycle that I started to see how much of a gift it really is. Because if you're listening to this and maybe rolling your eyes going, oh my gosh, why is she talking about this? Having a cycle is inconvenient, challenging, painful. Well, I'll easily say I have been in that space before. So if you are curious to hear about someone's experience that has been there, that has been in the really long days of dreading having a cycle and really difficult periods, and has shifted out to this place of being so incredibly grateful to have a cycle. And it's definitely not something I thought would ever be such a huge part of my life, because I used to struggle with it so much. So starting to track my cycle, starting to explore it, did not come out of any sense of exploring my health or exploring my spirituality or exploring my intuition. Those are all reasons why I track and live within my inner rhythms, within the rhythm of my moon time now. Now this, this all started out of pure necessity. I have had close to 20 years of incredibly painful periods really struggled with the premenstrual phase and the cycling emotions that would come up. I used to kind of be mystified. Why do I have to go through this every single month? And I remember very clearly one time finishing one of my periods, pretty open with this about my husband. Also, again, starting out of necessity. I remember finishing a period and going, Oh my gosh, I survived another one. Thank goodness. And I know that a lot of women, so, so many women struggle with painful periods. So while today's episode isn't necessarily going to be 10 steps to heal your period and have pain-free cycles, not quite the direction I'm going here, but it is going to be both a practical and a more explorative view of celebrating our cycles and reclaiming them for the beautiful gift that they are. 
So before I really dive in and continue here, I just want to name a couple of things. The first one is you'll sometimes hear me say humans with a period because it's not only women who bleed. There are also those wonderful souls of us that do not identify with a binary gender and they may have a period. A man may now have a period or women may have a period. So sometimes say humans, though I know I'll often end up saying women. So I just want to acknowledge that right off the bat that this is intended to encompass and include all those that want to explore their menstrual cycle. And for those that have gone through menopause or no longer have a period through having a hysterectomy or some other type of life event, this is also a way to explore living within our cycles. So it's not just for those that have the classic period as we think of it. It's also for men who do not have a period. It's also for men who are partners, who are husbands, who really just start to see another layer of the humans who menstruate in their lives. I have read more than one account of men who go, oh my gosh, it all makes so much sense now. And it's given a different way of of living and being and honoring those in their lives who have a menstrual cycle. So while we are all cyclical beings, we all have a cycle within us to some extent, I'm mainly going to be focusing on the menstrual cycle today. I'll also refer to it as the moon cycle. Here's where it gets a little confusing because when I'm referring to the menstrual or moon cycle, I'm meaning the full all-encompassing on average 28 days or however long your cycle is. Now, when I say moon time or period or bleed or menstruation, I am meaning those actual one to seven plus days that a person is actually having their bleed. So I'll try and make it clear whether I'm referring to the whole cycle itself or a particular phase in the cycle, such as the actual period time. And of course, what Sharni Wurlitzer and Alexander Pope say, the authors of Wild Power, a book I highly recommend, they introduce the big red rule, which is however your cycle shows up for you is to be honored and celebrated. And if it doesn't fit into this sort of metaphor that I'll bring out today, if it doesn't fit into the way that I describe my cycle or a common way of looking at cycles, then that's okay. I'll be talking about very soon how the seasons relate to our cycles and can be, again, that metaphor for each of our different stages. But if that doesn't line up with your energies, then honor that and work with that. Again, this is all about living within our own unique inner rhythms. All right, all the prefaces and beginnings to this, but let's shift gears. Let's dive in. And as I alluded to earlier, this all started out of necessity. Back when I was nursing at the hospital, I started to give myself permission to take the first day of my cycle off. I felt terrible. I felt pretty horrible. 
And it was really a gift to myself to start taking that time. Because even full of painkillers, I really, really struggled at work. So it became, again, that idea of necessity. It became a day that once I shifted from working on a ward with a regular schedule, when I started to shift into more casual type work, as in picking up shifts, I just wouldn't pick up shifts for that particular day. And the mental space that created that weight off my shoulders of kind of dreading working the first day of my actual moon time, my actual period, that was such a huge help. And I know that's not available to everyone, so I just want to honor and acknowledge that. Some of us have kids. We can't take the day off. There is a wide variety of things that can pop up in life. So if you can't take the full day off, Even just giving yourself a small amount, a one or two percent shift in what you take on for the day. I'll get into practical tips in a little while here, but I thought I'd share, I thought it would be helpful really to share the journey I've walked with this because I think it is really, really common. I used to pretend that I didn't really have my period I would go out and kind of do the same sort of things. I'd scale back a bit, again, out of necessity, but as soon as I felt well enough, I would be out the door doing whatever it was I wanted to do again. I didn't have any space for the rhythmic nature that my body needed. So I actually had been exploring ways to heal the pain that came every month, way back into my teenage years. I ended up getting a whole bunch of tests and ultrasound and all the things trying to work out why I had such bad pain. So I ended up with a surgery that in hindsight was probably really not necessary. And I've had to do a lot of healing work around that anyway, but that is all part of the journey and and part of my journey. So I ended up really starting in the Western medical world And I'll really give you the brief overview, knowing that there's many, many more details to it. But I started in sort of the Western medical world, and I felt like I really went down all the different avenues trying to find a way out of this really challenging pain. And what ended up happening was, over the years, I really started to become disillusioned with what was on offer for this very sacred part of ourselves. Though, of course, I didn't think of it as a sacred part of myself at that point in time. But fast forward to the last, what, seven years here. Again, this this takes some time, but honestly, I don't think it needed to take quite as long as it did with me. But alas, again, my part of my journey... But I really started exploring everything from osteopathy. This is where I started exploring craniosacral therapy, especially Chinese medicine, acupuncture, energy healing, shamanic work, herbal medicine. I tried many, many, many things. And I believe a lot of them influenced and were part of the puzzle within healing. Though one of the most massive shifts that brought about change for me was 
starting to honor the changing energies throughout the month and living within my inner rhythms. So fast forward to today, I actually generally take between three and five days off every month just for my cycle. And it's to honor that time and to give that space to myself to really sink into the gift of rest and the amount of ideas and the level of my intuition at that time of the month is is pretty wild. So I'll get into more of the spiritual side of things in future episodes and future offerings. Though I just wanted to name that I very much view my living within my rhythms as a spiritual practice now. So as I said, I take a few days off each month to a greater or lesser degree. And when I really feel the need, if it's been a very big month, say last month I had six events and a very full full plate in a way that I just wanted to challenge myself a little bit. So I planned a little more than usual. So I knew I would need this extra rest. So I put on the out of office email. I changed my voicemail. And I really stepped back. I don't do this every month, though if you ever get an auto-reply saying, I'm just taking a few days to rest and recharge, then you can probably guess I'm on my moon time. There are many different layers of this, and as a practitioner, this is something that I generally, I'm very upfront about with my clients that I work with regularly. For any of those that are in my embodied expansion program, I give them the heads up, usually before the very first session, that there is a few days off and sometimes a week off, depending on where my actual day one lands, that I won't be seeing clients and that that is to rest, to recharge. And at first I used to be a little bit nervous sharing this, as in, what are people going to think? Wow, you take a week off? every month. And yet the responses I've gotten have been amazing. I cannot tell you how many women have said, oh my gosh, I never knew one could do that. I just never thought about it. So it's like this little light bulb moment where people start to see a different way of living. Now, some of those days are completely off. I am not even on my screen. And generally, I do a lot of writing. I get a lot of creative ideas during this phase. I get a lot of clarity about what's to come. But the key is that isn't the time to take action on it. So this is, as we start to sink into the seasons here, this is an inner winter. When you think of outer winter, in our environment, everything slows right down. I live in a little mountain town in Canada, and we get a lot of snow. We still have a lot of snow. The plants all go to sleep. Everything pauses. And there is a time of rest. So in our culture, that is generally be productive all the time, be the same worker every day, all day. 
This isn't particularly an accepted way of working yet, though, again, the authors that I mentioned earlier, Sharni Wurlitzer and Alexandra Pope, who wrote Wild Power, they're really leading a wonderful change, bringing in period policies to workplaces. I know of a female entrepreneur who gives all of her female employees, or those that have a menstrual cycle, three days off every month. These aren't sick days. These aren't any, they're not even unpaid days. They are three paid days off. And I think that is fantastic. So again, our winter time is the very start of our cycle. From days one to five, six, seven can be a little bit variable. And this is the pause. A time for more rest, for being very gentle with ourselves because our energy is very inward. And if possible, to have even just a little bit more quiet in our day. I know I live at the quote-unquote extreme end of taking this time off, though I'm doing a different form of work and a different form of healing in that time. So even if that isn't available to you, even if life is in a different season in general, if there's, as I said before, young kids at home, if you have a job that will not have the space at this moment in time to take that time, then what is the small things that you could give yourself to have rest? Could it be to plan a presentation the following week instead of that week if it doesn't really matter on timing? Could it be shutting the door to the bathroom for an hour just to take a bath? And that is the 1%. It can be a number of things, but just reducing the outward energy, that socializing, being out in the world. Again, if this is honoring your particular inner rhythms. So as we go from winter, of course, we shift after that into spring. And this is when we start to have a little bit more of an upward rising energy, an outward energy, not full blast. So in my own life, this is when I start to ease back in. Little things like email, I mentioned before, on a big rest month, I don't do this every month, that I'll put a little out of office in for a few days so that I don't have to feel that pressure of replying to emails within a business day topic for another day. But in general, I often didn't this past month, but I often won't put that on and I'll just check my emails once a day. I'll do little of keeping up to date with things. For this month, with this big inward energy and the shift then into spring, getting back to that, this is really when the first shoots of new growth pop up. We may feel super creative here. Again, we might notice a little bit more energy here, but I just want to name that we may still feel a little bit vulnerable, a little bit soft especially as we start to emerge from our inner winter. And as I walk through the seasons with you here now, this is one of the benefits of tracking your cycle, of seeing how your energy 
your emotions and your sensitivity change over time. So if you're not particularly recognizing each phase yet or going, I actually have no idea where my energy is at a particular time in my cycle, that's okay. Say it's actually much more common to be in a place of not really knowing where your energy is on different days than someone who tracks her cycle, but it's becoming more common. And that's why I'm doing an episode on it, because I think it is really, really, really valuable to know. So continuing with our seasons, of course, following spring, we go into summer. We have this peak energy here. One might feel like superwoman or superman, and like they can just do all the things. This is where we might feel more outgoing, more social. Of course, within our basic reproductive rhythms, this is when we're at our most fertile. So we may feel extra sensual and just have a very different energy to us. So on a personal level, I plan more events during this time. I plan more social get-togethers. If I've got a say, a new friend I'm going to meet with, I'll try and actually meet them during this ovulation phase, which is technically ovulation is just for the day, or you even have a moment of ovulation when the egg is released. I'm not going to turn it into a biology lesson today, don't worry. But I generally think of ovulation as pretty close to a week, days, say, 13 to 18-ish, though I actually think this varies throughout the the year. In spring and in summer, I actually feel like my ovulation phase, that upward energy, is a little bit longer just because of the outward spring and summer, the extra energy that's around, compared to winter, where sometimes my ovulation phase feels even shorter, that that outward energy might feel a little bit shorter. So again, this has been quite literally years of me watching and tracking and writing how I feel throughout my inner rhythms throughout the month and in the greater holdings of the seasons of the year outwardly, Mother Nature seasons. So of course, once we finish and complete summer, which uh, I'll add this in, this is where society really loves us to be. This is the really the kind, caring mom who is wanting to look after everyone, can go to work by day and then by night be the sensual partner and can wake up again the next day to do it all over again. But the challenge is if that's where society generally wants us and expects us to be because it's predictable and because it's productive that it really does a disservice to the rest of our energies. And as we shift into autumn here, this is where I tend to really notice a difference in my own levels of sensitivity. So I could easily do a full episode on the premenstrual phase, specifically not calling it the premenstrual syndrome, because we have a lot of challenge with this phase. And it has been mislabeled a lot of times, I feel like. So my intention today is to give you kind of a broad overview with these 
practical ways of looking at your cycle and working with it, though knowing that this is where being in a group of humans who bleed and sharing experiences, sharing how, say, your dreams change, how your energy changes, it is a very rich environment to have that kind of container. So let me shift us all into fall and watching our energies change there. This is when the shift from that more outward energy starts to come into a bit of a more inward space. Our energy may begin to drop. We may feel this starting to turn inwards. We may have a lot less patience for BS. And in my own experiences, this is when my own inner wild woman comes out. That one that is very clear on what she wants, how she wants it done, and there is not, again, that space for BS or really things that aren't supportive to us. It can be a really challenging time emotionally and physically. Our inner critic can really show up with a huge loudspeaker. And as it's not as culturally acceptable for women to be angry, compared to men, they are allowed to be angry. And I know I'm speaking in broad strokes here. But when women express anger, we get a lot of labels put on us. And I think there's a lot of medicine in anger. I think it's an emotion that we haven't been given enough opportunity or safe space to be held in and to express. So sometimes it can erupt a little bit in our premenstrual phase, a little bit more than we'd like. And with saying that, this is probably one of the biggest shifts that I've made is learning to dance and honor the emotions that come up and work with them. Because how I feel in my inner autumn, this premenstrual phase, compared to inner spring, from, say, a people-pleasing standpoint, very different, very different feels. In spring, I'm still feeling that little bit of, a bit more vulnerable, a little bit more tender, a bit more likely to just say yes to things. Whereas in my premenstrual phase, I actually use this as a time to practice that holding of space, tuning into what is right for me or not, and saying no when I need. It's a very different experience having a same kind of situation where I'd have to say no come up in my inner autumn versus my inner spring. So hopefully this is giving you a bit of a case study, we'll say, of tracking your menstrual cycle and looking at the different energies. And I went through a little bit of this, though a fair bit more in depth, in the recent circle with the 5D Collective, syncing your business to your menstrual cycle. Because this has been, and I don't use this word lightly, but this has been life-changing to begin to honor these rhythms and work within these rhythms. And I invite you to just take a few moments to see, okay, how might this start showing up in my life to track my energies? As a really simple way of getting started, you can begin just tracking once a day, just a few different notes 
So from a practical standpoint, if you want to learn to work more with your moon cycle as a whole, you can have a little notebook and have each day. And starting with day number one as the first day of your bleed, just recording a few basic elements. How was your energy that day? How were your emotions? How was your physical body feeling? Do you have any cravings for anything in particular? Whether that be food or company or anything in between. So I'll keep it short and simple with tracking. There's also a lot of apps like Clue, Flow, which is F-L-O, Period Tracker, and many more that will pop up if you start searching in the app store. Though I'm more of a notepad and pen kind of girl as I do my best to live from a digital minimalist standpoint, which doesn't mean I don't use a computer a lot. I just intend to use it very intentionally. So I tend to track on paper. That's just my own way of working, though on your phone may be the easiest way. Get a ton of different information by using some of the apps. So it's a thought. And if you're someone who doesn't have an actual bleed, and you're wondering, well, how do I track? Then you can lean into watching the moon, starting to notice the different shifts in your energy based off the phase the moon is in. Now, this is a great way for those that are past menopause or for those that don't have that actual moon time itself to begin just exploring how your energies change throughout the month And I'll acknowledge that it can be a little bit trickier at the start because it feels either perhaps more subtle or because there isn't that clearly defined day one start day. But overall, you can start to look for even just a few days of the month when you feel a little bit more inward and really wanting more rest and using that as your day one or beginning of the cycle. I find that actually resting during this time is one of the deepest ways to recharge my batteries. I used to think that I would always be constantly overwhelmed back before I really learned a lot about what a highly sensitive person is all about and how to really navigate the sensory overload and the changes that can happen. So I lean into this time because I feel like it it kind of is like this giant boost in my energy over the month when I really recharge my batteries fully. So again, giving yourself that one or 2% of this, and you may see that it actually starts to add up more than you think. A little bit can go a long way. So that's just a brief snapshot anyway on tracking using the moon in the sky and especially paying attention at the new moon and the full moon where your energies lie. But tracking my cycle has really allowed me to see, as I've kind of alluded to, the changing sensitivities that I feel. So I started actually shifting from taking just one day off right at the start of my moon time to taking two days off and then three 
and then going from there as needed because I noticed I was so much more sensitive. I took things so much more personally and from an empath's point of view, I felt so much more spongy in terms of the energy that I was absorbing right around the start of and the first few days of my moon time, my actual period. So it was a light bulb moment when I realized, huh, I could just block these days off my booking calendar. And it was a bit scary the first few times of, oh my gosh, everyone's going to revolt. But like I mentioned earlier, people are incredibly both surprised, but in a very good way, that someone can actually take the time to rest during their moon time. Tracking has also helped me see where am I most creative. From a habit standpoint, it's helped me see when are the best times of my month to begin setting and creating new habits for myself. When are the best times to work on more in-depth, detail-oriented projects versus receiving the intuitive ideas and the vision and the more broad strokes of what might be coming down both for my professional life and my personal life. So as I mentioned, this has become a spiritual practice within me because I feel it is so incredibly potent to work with the changing energies and to lean into the gifts of each different season of my inner rhythm. I also find this to be incredibly powerful to share with each other in circle. Because going back to the beginning of this episode, it's not often talked about. It can be really uncomfortable to talk about in a really wide space. So having a smaller container, a smaller group of people to share about this with, can make a huge difference. And it can feel downright liberating to start speaking about your period. I can definitely say that from experience. So know that I'll be holding more of the circles and a bigger offering down the road. And the next event related to our cycles and exploring them, honoring them, is going to be on April 15th, Thursday at 7 p.m., as this is April's Awakening HSP Circle. Now I know I've skipped over March, which I'll get to in a moment, in terms of March's circle. So I just want to bring us to a close on this very introductory episode on reclaiming our menstrual cycles, reclaiming our moon time. There have been a lot of really deep, deep woundings for many reasons throughout the ages, And I feel like we are starting to emerge and seek healing for our wombs, for our souls, and for ourselves as a collective of humans who bleed. And I'm very passionate about sharing this far and wide so that women, that humans with a cycle can learn to honor the gifts of it. If you have a friend that you think might be intrigued by some of this knowledge, that might be curious about the idea of there being wisdom within our menstrual cycles, within our moon times, I invite you to just share this episode with them 
or if you've seen this on social media, just tag them in the comments. Because I think there's a special kind of awakening happening right now as we really awaken to the wisdom in our bodies. So I hope something in here has piqued your interest, has stirred some curiosities in you. And I invite you to just begin simply tracking your cycle. Easier said than done, just because I know some days I even struggle to track it because I'm in that high ovulation energy. I'm just going to go do all the things. But even knowing that is a way to get to know yourself even better. This has been one of the biggest gifts of self-discovery I think I have ever learned. And I'm very thankful to have discovered it at this stage in my life when hopefully I have many, many more cycles to learn from. And just before I sign off here, I want to name that March's circle, March's theme is going to be celebrating the equinox. It's going to be celebrating the balance. And if you've had a project, if you've had some inner work that you want to plant some seeds for, set some intentions for, this will definitely be a space for you to do so. I generally hold the earth-based holidays, equinoxes and the solstices, as the themes on that particular month. So you can head to www.combinationhealing.ca forward slash events, and that will have all of the circles there. So for those, this speaks to this idea of exploring both balance and setting our intentions, planting our seeds, celebrating the equinox, we'll be gathering on March 20th at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's all for today. Have an absolutely wonderful rest of your morning, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you are in the world. Be well. And bye for now.